Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. Let me, let me just kind of follow through what, bro, what, what, uh, what Brother Ron was saying this morning. Take your Bibles, turn over to Acts chapter 9, if you would. I appreciate the thought this morning that Ron had about following through with your mission. That was a good thought, wasn't it? And, uh, and I, like the way, I like the way he broke that down out of that text in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 15. And uh, did a great job with it. You know, follow through. Know what your mission is, and then follow through with your mission. And I, I, like, I like how he, he kind of tied in that your personal vision, your personal mission, ought to reflect the overall mission, the overall vision of your church. You remember that part? You know, and, and that's true. You know, I, I hope you have a vision for your life. I hope God's given you a vision for your life. And, and I hope you're on a mission to, you know, follow and fulfill that vision for your life. And, uh, and I, wanna, I just want to pick, pick up on that a little bit this evening about striking a balance. In Acts chapter number 9, I'm sure you've read it before. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fascinating story. We would say this. We would say uh, it begins with uh, a record of the salvation testimony of the Apostle Paul. Did you ever read it? Huh? Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's moving. We won't take time to read that first part. But in, in that story, here's what happens. In the story, the Apostle Paul, or at that time, of course, he's Saul of Tarsus, uh, he asked two questions, two deliberate um, striking questions. The first question is this, he asks, who art thou, Lord? Right? He follows that up with a question, and what will thou have me to do? Right? You read that before? Right? Paul, you know, Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, he's confronted, this bright light kind of falls back, who art thou, Lord? And he follows that up with, and what will you have me to do? Now, the answers to those questions are as clear and as pointed as the question. So, who art thou, Lord? The answer comes back, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, right? And, and, then, and then the second question, what will thou have me to do? The answer comes back, take the gospel into all the world. That's pretty clear. Pretty clear. Who art thou? I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. And what will thou have me to do? I want you to take the gospel to the Gentile world. And that's good, clear direction. As you move on down to chapter number 9, come along down to verse number 26 with me. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they, they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him brought him uh, to the disciples and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and, he, and, and how he had preached bodily at Damascus in the name of Jesus, or boldly, I'm sorry, uh, at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. 
And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him, which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Now look at verse 31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were, look at that word, edified. I want you to take a mental note of that, edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. If you look up at the screen, you'll notice that I highlighted, and you can't really see that well on this screen, but I highlighted those two words, edify and multiply. We would call it edification and multiplication. And when you, when you, can, get, when you can get a church uh, operating, uh, you know, in both spheres, spheres you, got, you got a pretty good balance. You have, you have, you have striked a pretty good balance because most of the time, churches kind of get a little out of sorts, you know? You have some churches that are really heavy on evangelism, and then you have some churches that are really heavy on discipleship. It's wonderful when you can balance that out. And that's what that text talks about there. If you look at it again, he talks about being edified and then multiplied. Edification, multiplication, or evangelization. You know, and, and here's, here's what happens. The tendency is this. We get out of balance and some churches are all about the go, right? I mean, to tell you, all you hear about, you know, in some churches is, you know, winning souls and going soul winning and, and sharing the gospel and preaching the gospel. And that is extremely important. But it's not all important because, because also along with sharing the gospel, preaching the gospel, telling others about Christ, leading people to a saving knowledge, there needs to also be a discipleship ministry of edification, right? And what we found is this, churches that are heavy on the go are really weak on the grow. Did you get that? Huh? I, I came up, I came up uh, under the tutelage of some real soul-winning churches. But I'll be honest with you, when I look back, you know, we probably heard more soul-winning messages than any other kind of message uh, from the Bible, and there was a lot of shallowness in our church. Come on, get with me now. This is Sunday night. We're going to cancel Sunday night church if you don't get with me. <laughs> I need your help. Uh, and, and so what, what, we, what we heard all the time was, you know, everywhere in the Bible from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter number 22 was a message on soul winning. And as a result of that, most people didn't know too much about anything other. And, and so there was, a, there was just some shallow Christians going on. And when you get shallow Christianity, uh, the tendency is to go one way or the other, you know? When you're really shallow in your walk, you know, to put on air, sometimes you become really, you become really pharisaical, or you become really liberal. So it's either, you know, nothing is right, or it's anything goes. Why? Well, because you just don't have enough depth in order to discern what a close walk with God is all about. Are you with me? And then you have the other churches that are really heavy on discipleship, and you never hear messages about going out and preaching the gospel. The messages are always about, you know, what's going on in here? What do we have for the kids? What do we have for the young adults? 
What do we have for the married couples? What do we have here for, you know, the senior adults, right? Uh, how many activities of year do we have for the families? And it's all about, pay attention right here, it's all about us four and no more until us four are no more, right? And, and, and that's just the way it seems to be sometimes in church work where there's just this unbalance, you know? And it's wonderful when you find a church like Open Bible and many others that, that really have come to a place where they have a, good, they have a good balance. And that's what we always want to have, a good balance. So let's talk about this just for a couple of minutes um, from this one verse. Look at it again, verse 31. Then had, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. Let's talk about that word edified for a moment. Edification, right? What, 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 what are we speaking about there? Let me say it this way. Uh, edified, edification is a, is a ministry uh, to the members of a local church. Edification. We would say this, edification is an inside job. Are you with me? Huh? Uh, and I think to simplify it, look, look, look at this statement. Flip this statement. I, I wrote this down for you so you can see. Something must happen on the inside of the church before anything will happen on the outside of the church. Isn't that right? And so we, we, we got to make sure here at Open Bible Baptist Church that we have a ministry of edification. Where we are, and that word edify, you know this at its core means to build up. And so we need to have a ministry here in our church where each member, all members, are being edified or built up. Right? So what do we have here for that? I mean, do we have anything like that here, you know, at, at Open Bible, where, where people can get saved, come here, and begin to grow in their Christian faith? Where they can begin to build on a proper, on a good, solid foundation? Do we have anything like that here? Well, I'm here to tell you that this evening, we do. We do. In fact, beginning, let's say Sunday, because Sunday is the first day of the week. You didn't know that, did you? First day of the week. And, and from very early in the morning, at 9.30 in the morning, we have programs established to edify every age group under the sun. Every member of the family can get edification beginning 9.30 Sunday morning. Because what we have is we have Sunday school classes. Literally, we have classes designed for every age group from, well, we don't teach the infants, do we? We try to teach them to be quiet, you know. But from the youngest, from the twos and threes, we call them toddlers, to the beginners, the fours and fives, to the first, second, and third graders, to the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. And then, and then, of course, we have, we have our youth ministry where we try to target our junior high and our senior high, you know, the seventh graders through 12th graders, and we try to teach that whole age group from fours and fives, really twos and threes, all the way to, to senior high to the 18-year-olders, you know, the Word of God in a very systematic, very practical way. So if you put your child, let's say uh, you just come to Open Bible and, you know, you got a, you got a toddler or maybe you got a beginner or, a, a, you know, just a first or second grader, and man, you get plugged into church, right? And you get your child, you're faithful, you're consistent, you come in every Sunday and you get plugged into church and you get your child into that Sunday school program, you know, at first grade Donald, when you have little Donald, 
you know, and you put him in and you stick with it. By the time he graduates out at eight, 18, you know, if he stays all the way through the program, you know, he's 18 now, he's got to get kicked out of the youth group. He will have had probably a, thorough, probably a more thorough doctrinal theological experience than most people going into the ministry would have. You know, I remember when I was a Roman Catholic, the priest, the priest, uh, you know, Roman, Roman Catholic churches are led by the priest, you know, and, and when they go to seminary, here's what I was told, Now I don't know if this is fact, but here's what I was told, out of the seven years of seminary, they get just a little over a year of theology. The other, the other portion of it is doctrine, it's dogma, it's church doctrine. You know, where the Pope came from and why we worship Mary and why we baptize infants. And, and so you put a first grader in, you know, at the age of, what's a first grader, 13, 14 uh, these days, and you let them go through 18, they're going to get, I mean, a systematic, you know, teaching of the Word of God and then brought down to a very practical way to apply it in life. And then, if you happen to be an adult, at 9.30, we have these Connect classes taught by some of the best teachers in America. Yes. Wow, I guess not. <laughs> I asked my wife this, this afternoon, I said, so how was, your, how was your Connect class this morning? How'd your teacher do? How was the class? She said, it was awesome. We had just a great time. She told me what Brother Bob taught about. I love to hear that. Why? Because, you know, it's an opportunity for growth. And here's what I believe about growth. Are you paying attention? You've got to plan for growth. Growth just doesn't happen. You've got to plan for it, and you've got to put yourself in a position where you can grow and be challenged and learn. I think that's awesome, right? And then, of course, the best hour of the week is 1045 on Sunday morning. Amen? Amen? Amen. When you get to come and hear our great music ministry and hear just some great preaching. This morning was a great message from Brother Autry, you know? And starting here in just a few weeks, we're going to start something called Sunday Night Connect. And probably, I think we said, Tyler, in the middle of December, we're going to start registering for that. And Sunday Night Connect is going to happen on Sunday nights at 5 o'clock. And the second, third, and fourth Sunday of every, of every month, we're going to not meet in the auditorium anymore. We're going to meet over in the, in the Connection building. And we're going to do a lot of different things. We're going to have an event called Training, Training Kids God's Way, you know, for young families. And I think that's a 15 or 16-week uh, situation there. You know, seminars, video projected and whatnot. And then we're going to have something called OB Men, where Pastor Yanizzi and some of the other men uh, will just meet together on a Sunday night. And I'm going to talk about some men, men things like how to be a godly man and how to be a real man at work and a godly man at work and a godly man at home. And, and it won't be too much lecturing. It'll rather be facilitating conversation. And then OB Ladies. OB Ladies will be conducted by my wife. She'll facilitate that along with some of the other ladies from the church, and they'll do the same thing, right? OB Youth, and we're going to have uh, different activities for every age group, you know, from the first graders all the way up to the teenagers. There's going to be something uh, we're going to do, I think we're going to do Berean Bible Publishing, on, on Sunday night. So uh, a lot of the seniors that like to do that, you come out Sunday night and you can assemble the, the scriptures. We're going to do something called Connect One and One, where we're going to have that one-on-one -on -one discipleship time, you know? And so what, what, what is that, Pastor? That is, that's an opportunity for edification. 
right? So if we're going to have a balanced church, we've got to have a ministry of edification because the ministry of edification is for the members. It's for the saved, right? And I believe here at our church, and we have that very thing. Listen, you can't build, you cannot build, you cannot build a church upon the personality of the pastor. You can't build a church upon the popularity of music. You can't build a church upon the pop of gimmicks. No, you build a church upon a solid foundation, and that foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Mm, but then you got to have the right tools to build, and I believe we have that as well. For example, you need the Bible. Amen. Acts chapter number 20, verse 32 says this, And now, brethren, I commend you to God, and listen, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Which is able to build you up. I like that. And give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. And so, in order to build on that foundation, you need to have the tools. And, and one tool, of course, is the Word of God. Uh, the other is the faith. Right? You remember what Jude said? Jude, uh, there's only one chapter, chapter 1, verse 20. He said, but, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. So if we're going to build, if we're going to grow, we're going to, need to, we're going to need to use the Word of God to encourage our faith, right? And that's what we kind of do here, right? An open Bible. And then, of course, you need spiritual gifts, right? You need spiritual gifts. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12 reminds, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some uh, evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Do you know what he just mentioned? Here's what he said. God has given to the church gifted men. Look, he mentions them again. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teacher. He's given to the church gifted men. And what do those gifted men do? Here's what they do. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so God gives gifts to the church in the form of you know, today we don't have apostles, but we have, we have pastors and evangelists and teachers, and those gifted men help you to come to maturity so that you might do the work of the ministry. And you know what the work of the ministry is? It's edification. It's edifying. It's building up each other in the holy faith. Are you with me? And so something must, something must happen on the inside of the church before something can happen on the outside of the church edification. But then he said this, he said, and walking, now pay attention right here, in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, they were what? They were multiplied. They were multiplied. We would call that evangelization, right? Uh, that word multiplied is a common word used in the New Testament when talking about the New Testament church. Because if you look at the church in the book of Acts, you know what happened to it? It just continued to grow. And it, it multiplied. I mean, it just multiplied. Uh, how, did that, how did they do that? Acts chapter number 5, verse 42. Flip that verse, if you would, guys. Look at this, this verse. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Right? So multiplication or evangelization happened publicly and privately. Now stay with me right here. Publicly, we would, say, we would say this, the public services ought to be services where people get saved. And being a member here at Open Bible, for as long as some of you have been members here at Open Bible, you know that everything we do as a church, 
Everything we do as a church surrounds the idea of either getting people saved or getting people deeper into the pool. Right? Huh? Uh, through the years, we've always tried to do this as pastors. We tried to say to ourselves, so how do we close the back door? Right? We kind of know how to get people in the front door. We're, not, we're, we're pretty good at that. I think this morning we had some visitors. I'm not sure. We have any guests with us tonight? Anyone here tonight for the very first time? Anybody wave at me? No. Uh, but we had, some, we had some guests here this morning, and probably through the course of a year, you know, I don't know what you've averaged, Brother Tyler, here over the last few years as far as guests, but I wouldn't think it'd be hard to say we've had over 100 guests, you know, people coming first time, right? But, but did we keep all 100 people? So the question has been through the years, you know, we know how to get the front door open, but how do we close the back door? So what, what's that a reference to? Well, people come in the front door, they go out the back door and never come back in the front door. Huh? So how do, we, how do we close the back door? The way you close the back door is, is by getting people deeper into the pool. Are you with me? Huh? And so you try to get people that come in the front door, you try to get them connected somehow. And it begins with, pay attention right here, listen to this term. It begins with our first touch ministry. And somebody say this, I didn't know we have one of them. Oh, we do. You know what the first touch ministry is? They are the people, that ministry is made up of people who uh, visitors come in contact with first. Our first touch ministry. And so uh, I think maybe part of the first touch ministry are greeters. You know, the people that, you know, out in the lobby there and people are coming in from the parking. Sometimes, sometimes they're met in the parking lot. Where I'd pastor for the last nine years, we had people in the parking lot, part of our first touch ministry. And they got touched in the parking lot. Sometimes they got punched in the parking lot. But most of the time, they got touched in the parking lot. Meaning this, when they got out of their car, there was somebody on golf carts or just walking around with security uh, placards on and say, hey, man, good to see you today. Glad you're here. Uh, there's the front door right there. And then as soon as they got to the front door, there was somebody with big old smiles saying, man, it's so good to see you today. We're glad you're here. Uh, just go that way. And just everybody's pointing are you with me? It's a sad thing when a guest comes to the church and they come in the doors, never got a handshake, never got touched. They never got touched. And then they, they come in and they stand in the back there. And they never got touched and they're looking around and they say, where do we sit? Are there assigned seats? They don't know they're visitors. Are you with me? And so it's the first touch ministry. And then, so you, you get them connected there, and then they come in. And, and we used to have people, one of my favorite people in the world, Donna, was Jerry Getzay. Jerry was a lady, uh, kind of the stature of you, uh, Sister Lil, and just, just a real small lady, but boy, was she large in life. Uh, Bobby Joe, did you ever meet Jerry Getzay? No, you probably did. You don't remember her. But here's what Jerry would do. I mean, to tell you, she was only this big, but she was amazing. And every time a guest would come in, I mean, she is spying them out. And she would go over to him and say, well, welcome to Bible Baptist Church. This is a great church. What do you hear our pastor preach? You're going to love it. And she'd say, would you like to sit with me? And or, hey, hey well, come over here. I, I want you to meet the, the Austin family. You sit with them. This, I mean, she was tremendous. I, will, I wanted to put her on staff. She was awesome. 
And I'll tell you, many people stayed at Bible Baptist Church because they got greeted, they got touched like that. Are you with me? Huh? And so, and so they're, they're, they're getting connected, you know, and then all of a sudden somebody walks over and, and, and just, hey, how you doing? Why don't you come to our class? You know, we have now all of our connection classes, all of our teachers have little welcome cards or invitation cards. And it'd be great, Brother Bob, Brother Kevin, It'd be great for you guys to give the members of your class some of those cards, and then when you let them out of there Sunday morning, say, when you go over to the auditorium, look for people our age group and go and invite them to one of our connection classes. I mean, that, that's, that's how these things grow. We get people, they're coming in the front door, we want to close the back door, how do we do it? We got to get them deeper into the pool, right? And then, so, man, now we're talking to them about membership, and then as soon as they become members, we want to get them to own something, you know? And so we put the ladies in the nursery. Say amen right there. And then we get the guys, and we, you know, put them, you know, in part of our usher corps, security team. We got to get them someplace, because if they take ownership here, it's not just that's the church I attend. No, that's the church I participate in. That's my church, Right? And during the process, we begin to teach them how to reach out and connect others. See, multiplication is more than just evangelization. It's making connections. It's making connections with people. And so our public services, of course, are geared toward getting people saved. I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but our services are structured. We don't just show up on Sunday morning and say, hey, uh, Christy Keyes is our choir director. Christy, uh, get that choir to sing something, please. Uh, Brother Aaron Ingala is our worship team leader. Hey, Brother Aaron, grab a couple people out of the auditorium and get up there and sing a couple songs, would you? And I don't say, Tyler, what did I preach last week? Where was I at? In Book of Acts, maybe I'll go to the Romans this morning. Think Romans will work this morning? <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. No, it's structured. It's structured from the preaching to the music, you know, to the invitation, to the atmosphere. It's structured, you know. Why? Because we want people to come in. We want them to feel welcome, you know, and we want them to, to feel that family type of an environment, and we want them to be open to the, you know, the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. We want them to get saved. We want, in the public arena, right, we want to see multiplication, Amen. And, and you know this is going to happen. Some folks are going to come in here, and they're already going to be, you know, members of the family of God. They're just not members of a local church, and they're going to come in here and say, boy, I, I, I like what's going on here. And, and it's not just going to be because of what's happening on the platform. Help me here. It's going to be because of the way they got touched along the way. Are you with me? I used to say this uh, many years. I've been pastoring for a little bit. I used to say this to the church. Long before people ever meet the pastor, they met an usher. They met a greeter. They met a, they met a nursery worker. They met a parking lot attendant. They met a member. Are you with me? I mean, long before they ever got a chance to meet the great pastor of the church, they met the great people of the church. And you know, many times I follow up on all the first-time attenders and visitors, and I'll go by and I'll say, hey, uh, Billy Bob, it was really nice to, I didn't say Bobby Joe, I said Billy Bob. Hey, Billy Bob, it was really nice to have you out services the other day. Uh, did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, it was okay. We really loved the preaching. I thought you would. 
Will we see you again? I don't think so. Well, why not? Uh, I'd rather not say. Please say. Please tell me. Please tell me why you wouldn't come back. And you know, many times it's because of something that was said to them in the pew or something that was never said to them at all. Well, I came in, nobody, nobody greeted me, nobody said hi. It was almost like it was exclusive, like if you didn't belong, you didn't belong. If you didn't belong, you shouldn't have been there. Boy, you don't know how that slices my heart. I would almost rather them say, well, you said something during the preaching that I didn't agree with. I can help them with that, but I can't help them when they say one of the members said I shouldn't come in dressed like this. Or one of the members said to me, boy, why in the world would you put, you know, tattoos on your forehead? Or how do I fix that? Ah, well, that member didn't mean that. <laughs> no, well, then why'd they say it? Help me here. Huh? And so, you know, our public, our public services are geared toward helping people to feel very welcome so that way we can get them the gospel. Don't you agree? Huh? But then, then he talks about that private, in every house, in every house. And I, th I think that simply means this. I think, I think it means in the arena of our life, wherever you are, you know. Here at our church, of course, we have organized visitation, organized outreach. And so we go into our community and we, we go, you know, street by street, section by section. We knock on people's doors. That's the old-fashioned way to do it, right? We knock on people's doors, and right where they are, right where they live, you know, we either confront them with a gospel or we give an invitation for them to come and, and join us here at Open Bible. Come out and see what we're all about. But let's just be honest. You know, that's done periodically, once in a while, but it's got to be done really in the arena of our life. So wherever we are, like Brother Ron said today, he's taking his little granddaughter, Havana. Uh, what was her name? Who? Haven. Taking Haven to McDonald's, right? But while he's at McDonald's, he sees a homeless person and realizes this is just more than me taking my granddaughter to McDonald's. This is, divine, this is the divine appointment. And what does he do? Of course, he gives the guy the gospel. And I heard him say in the message that he'll see Jose in heaven, right? I'm assuming Jose got saved. Today, Mrs. Genizzi and I, we took the Autrys out for lunch. And uh, we, you, you got to understand this. No matter where we are, there's always opportunities to witness. You just got to wait for the door to open, for the, the crack in the door, right? And so we're, our waitress came. She's a really nice, uh, really nice lady and real pleasant and talking with us. And uh, where are you from? And where are you from? Little, all that kind of stuff. And then she came back again and came back again. And then the one time she came back, I think Chona said to her, uh, so her name was Maria. Maria, do you, do you go to church? Do you go to church anywhere? Because here's a pastor right here. I love the way they always throw me under the bus. Here's a pastor right here, and, and, and I was just busy eating my pasta, you know. And, uh, and she said, here's a pastor right here. And Maria said, well, I work on Sundays. And before long, we're in a conversation with Marie, and Maria. That was Maria. And just a few more minutes later, we're all holding hands praying in the middle of the restaurant. See, there's always opportunities if we look for them. In the arena of life. So, Pastor, I can't go. I can't go out knocking on people's doors. I just, it's just not in me. Okay. What can you do? What can you do? Everybody can do something. 
Well, I, I can slip one of those gospel tracts in my pocket and or in, in my purse or in, in my car and, and maybe at work or in the arena of life. Everyone, uh, just, just the other day on Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving Day, uh, there was a group of individuals. I'm not sure if you're aware of this church, and I don't want this to ever change. There was a group of individuals from the communities on the other side of Radix Road who come over and play football every Thanksgiving morning. Did you know that? No? Well, they do. And uh, just a bunch of, bunch of families and, and men and, and boys and girls. And so my, 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 my family was in this weekend. So my son-in-law, who's a pastor of a church, and my grandson, uh, we had a saying over here in the house over here. And so my grandson looked out and said, Dad, somebody's playing football out there. They thought it was the people, men from the church. Well, it wasn't. But my son-in-law said, yeah, go, go, go ahead, go over. And so he said, should I, should I tell him Pop's the pastor? I'm Pop. And my son-in-law said, no, I, they may not be from church, and don't, don't go, go throw Pop under the bus there, you know? And so my, my grandson went over, and he's only 10 years old, and then my son-in-law went over, and before long, my son-in-law's in a conversation with the guy that organizes the whole thing, and, and just talking to him and talking about, do, do you go to Open Bible? No, I've never been there. We play here every year, and we've never been there. We've been to some of the activities, never been to the church. Well, you know, I know the pastor. My son-in-law said, I know the pastor. Yeah, he's my son-in-law. I know the pastor. He's a really good guy. And, and what's the pastor's name? And so this guy's got a paper pen. He's writing down name. This is Thanksgiving morning, playing football. It's just the arena of life. So you may not be able to go out and knock at a door. I get it. But what can you do? How can you share your faith? How can you be a part of the multiplying evangelization part of that ministry? Are you with me? This upcoming January, we're going to start something called, now pay attention to this, ownership outreach. Ownership outreach. And ownership outreach means this, I'm going to take ownership of some part of outreach in my community. I want to do something in my community to re, I'm going to own it, right? And so part of it's going to be this. So right now we got uh, the third and the 10th, we have take it to town, take it to Williamstown, right? And so we have, we have these handsome or beautiful, however you want to describe them, invitation cards, you know, inviting people to our December 21st Christmas program. So on the third and 10th, Two Saturday mornings, we're going to gather over in the gathering grounds, have a little bit of fellowship, and then we're going to blitz our community, right? Well, you, you might say this, and here's what I like to do for the future, Tyler. We talked about this. I like to say, okay, once we, when we do these outreaches, so we have, you know, the Christmas thing, and then we'll have, you know, Kid Fest and Fall Festival and, and other things that, that go on. If when we have those events, if you'll say, I'll take ownership of my community, I own my community, right? So you live on a street, you live on a road, you live somewhere in town, right? You may not be in a subdivision, but there's an area that you say, I'll take ownership of that for our church because we can't reach everywhere, right? Uh, we live over in a subdivision. Mrs. Genizzi and I share uh, the same subdivision with the McDonald's. And, and so we can take ownership of that. So Brother Tyler, you never have to worry. You never have to worry that we own that now. Every time there's an outreach, me and Mrs. Genizzi and the McDonald's will cover, you know, that whole area. Where I pastored most recently, uh, everybody lived in a subdivision. That's just the way Florida is. And a lot of people lived in 55 pluses and a lot of people live behind gated communities. So we really couldn't get in. 
you know? We used to have to sneak in. You know, somebody opened up the gate, we sneak in behind them, you know, and, and then the police come and kick us out. And, and so, but we would ask our, our, our community members, if you'll take ownership of your community. And we would just go online and we take a, you know, a bird's eye view of that community and we'd say, just like you do, Brother Tyler, hey, there's, there's 90 homes in your subdivision. You know, over the next month, would you just try to get, take 90 of these invitations and just try to just put them on the door. You don't even have to knock at the door. Just put them on the door. Would you own that? So, Pastor, I can't do that. Uh, that my question is this. Well, then what can you do? What can you do? Can you, can, you take, can you take five and maybe Monday through Friday, wherever you go, maybe you go to the library, just leave it someplace. Don't talk to anybody. Don't talk to anyone. Just leave it somewhere. Do you ever go into a public restroom? Maybe you, you, maybe you go to McDonald's. Maybe, maybe you go to Wawa. Maybe you go to... Just, can you just leave it someplace? Pastor, I can't do that. Okay, then what can you do? Would you like me to keep going down the road with this? Because eventually, you're either going to have to have the place to say, it's not that I can't, I won't. I won't. Look here, this has got to become... Open Bible has got to become the love and desire for every member at Open Bible, not just for a select few, right? Every one of us got to buy in. We all got to buy in, amen? And just become a part of it. If God works on the inside, he can then begin to work on the outside, right? And, and by the way, everybody is one by one. You understand that, right? We're all one to the Lord by one. And I know this, I'm going to be eternally grateful for the person who led me to the Lord Jesus Christ. Eternally grateful for the person who led me to the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, I didn't get saved the first time. It took me many times after hearing the gospel, but that person was relentless. Relentless, you know. But every time they spoke, I knew they spoke out of love and with concern and care. And when the time was right, I got saved, you know. And when I get to heaven... That individual is going to be one of the people I look up and just say, thank you, thank you, thank you for being so kind and so persistent in sharing the gospel with me. Amen? So how do you strike a perfect balance? Edification, multiplication, right? Amen? You build up those that are here, and you try to win those that aren't to the Lord Jesus Christ with the gospel of Christ. Amen, church? Praise the Lord. One by one. That's how we'll get it done. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to gather tonight. Thank you for Brother Ron this morning, kind of lighting the, the, the wick and allowing us now to just take a glimpse, even though it's Thanksgiving season, Christmas season, just to take a glimpse into the work of the church. Thank you for Open Bible. Thank you for what you've done here, what you're doing here, what you're going to do here. And I would pray that we continue to strike a balance between edification and multiplication, between what we do here on campus and then what we do off campus. And may we all be a part of that. No matter what part it is, may we all be a part of it. And for that, we'll thank you. Continue to bless us with your favor. May we continue to see people saved and baptized and added to the church. May we see those who are added to the church grow in their Christian experience and faith and get plugged in to do some kind of service for you. As we get them in the front door, help us to close that back door so people stick. And that we'll thank you for in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. 
If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.